Welcome back to Investigate Joe Rogan, the podcast where I fact-check things said on the Joe Rogan experience. Today I'll be looking at episode 1510 with George Knapp and Jeremy Corbell. A quick note about uh, why I'm doing this episode. You may be aware, actually you're probably not aware, but some of you may be aware, that I created a poll on Twitter to determine what the next episode should be investigating. And the Peter Schiff episode actually won. The thing about that was, I thought that the James Nestor episode was going to win, because it was winning. So I started on that episode, but then that episode turned out to not really be worth investigating, because it was pretty much all accurate. But by the time I had realized that and was going to move on to Peter Schiff, the actual winner of the poll, this episode had come out. And this episode is about aliens. And I'm sure that if this had been on the poll, everyone would have voted for it. Because everybody wants to talk about aliens. So I decided to just do this one instead. Now the first thing they talk about is Bob Lazar and Los Alamos. And George Knapp says that Bob definitely worked there. So does Jeremy Corbell. George says that Bob took them to Los Alamos and showed them around. And he definitely worked there. But did Bob actually work at Los Alamos Mess and Physics Facility? What they point to is the news article from 1982 reporting on his jet car, which does say that he is a physicist at the lab. However, the question then becomes, where did the reporter get this information? It doesn't say. Could it have been from Bob himself? Could Bob have lied to this reporter? But then you have to ask, why would Bob lie to this reporter? This was before all the Area 51 stuff. Is he just a compulsive liar? Or did he really work there in some capacity? Then, much later... They actually don't mention this on the podcast, surprisingly. But in 2015, Dr. Robert Krangel, who it has been pointed out on the internet, sounds like a Tim and Eric character, he comes out and says, yes, I can confirm that Lazar worked at Los Alamos. And this is a guy whose identity as a physicist is not in question. He's definitely a real physicist. He's got all these patents related to the lasers and stuff. And it's unclear why this guy would be motivated to lie. Is he just messing with people? I'm not sure. I think this guy, combined with the news article, I think you can say that it's reasonable to say that Bob worked there in some capacity. But I don't think it's really hard evidence of anything. What they try and say is that, well, if he definitely worked there, and the company lied and said he didn't work there, then this is evidence of some sort of conspiracy. But what if Bob really did work there, but they just wanted to pretend he didn't so that they wouldn't get wrapped up in all this weird alien stuff and get bad publicity? I mean, this is a company that has a a reputation here. So I think it's possible that they just wanted to distance themselves from this weird guy, and you can't really take this as evidence of a conspiracy. So while I do think that it is possible that he worked there, I think overall it's a sort of a minor point. 
They don't talk much about Bob's academic background, so I will not either. But Rogan does say that Bob privately, off the air, told him that the reason there's no record of him working at MIT is because he was working on a top-secret project, and it was so crazy and dangerous that they had to just wipe all the records. And Rogan seems pretty spooked by this, for whatever reason. This sort of convenient circumstance will become a theme uh, throughout the rest of the podcast. They talk about the Tic Tac video and David Fravor as well, but since I already did a whole episode on that, I won't go over it all again in this episode too. So if you want to talk about the Tic Tac video... Uh, just watch the episode I made on David Fravor and Jeremy Corbell's episode. And another thing that I've talked about in a previous episode is Element 115. I talked about it a little bit in my episode on Tom DeLonge, but George gets more into it here, and so will I. George Knapp says that Boob actually had some Element 115, that he took with him from Area 51 and kept in a tin can. He then says that he had a videotape of Boob working with the element and showing its crazy properties, but that he has since lost this videotape. Now this raises a lot of questions, obviously. Why didn't Bob use this as proof when he first came out to the world? Why didn't he reveal this as physical evidence of his story? When he first came out, no scientist had ever had Element 115. If he had brought this on TV or something, it would have given him enormous credibility, if not proof that he was seriously involved in some sort of secretive project. So then... I'm not only supposed to believe that he had Element 115 but didn't do anything with it, but that George Knapp had video evidence of this physical evidence, and then not only did he do nothing with it, but that he lost it. I mean, come on. This, this is really pushing it. This is really pushing the, like what people are expected to believe here. Even Rogan, you can tell, is not buying this. But he's he's too nice to call them out directly. But you can tell at this point in the podcast that he's starting to think that this is all BS. As I pointed out in my episode on Tom DeLonge, Bob was not the first person to think of 115, and theorizing its existence was mainstream science. Now, George and Jeremy do actually acknowledge this. And what they say is that... He was not the first person to talk about it, but he was sort of the first person to describe it, or whatever. But the thing is, Bob's description of Element 115 does not fit with what we now know about Element 15, for certain. Bob said they had 500 pounds of Element 115. But now that scientists have, in fact, discovered Element 115... We can say that 500 pounds of the stuff would only last about 22 seconds due to its very short half-life. 
This would not give you very much time to work on your secret ALMAO government space reverse engineering program. It could also potentially create a massive explosion, killing everyone who happened to be nearby. It is also not the sort of thing you could keep in a tin can on your desk, as George Knapp says that Bob Lazar did. Now, what people will say is that there could be a, quote, island of stability, which gives it a much longer half-life. And theoretically, this is possible. But there is just no evidence that this is the case. Scientists have not found any sort of island of stability, any evidence that there is one. It's not typically how elements similar to element 115 work. And even if something like this were to be found, it would have to hugely extend the half-life. Because if 500 pounds only gives you 22 seconds, you're going to have to have a pretty long half-life to maintain a decades-long program studying this stuff while simultaneously being unable to create it yourself. I find these sorts of arguments that essentially say, oh, in the future, science will uh, prove me right, or in the future, science will validate me. I do not find these sorts of arguments very convincing. It's sort of kicking the ball down the road. Later, George talks about the 1975 so-called Northern Tier UFO sightings. And he said that these UFOs disarmed nuclear weapons while they were flying around. And while there really were sightings around these military bases in 1975, they were just your typical sightings. You know, oh, there's a light in the sky and it's flying around. Ooh. They didn't disarm nuclear missiles or anything. I don't know where he's getting that from. They also get into the videos that were released along with the Tic Tac video, such as the Go Fast video, as it's known. And Rogan basically accuses Mick West of being a government agent. He says that it is, it's suspicious how Mick West is always so quick to try and debunk things. <laughs> Which is sort of an interesting theory, because it would mean that the government first allowed these videos to be released, instead of just deleting them, and then hired Mick West to create YouTube videos saying that they are not aliens. So it's sort of an interesting conspiracy here. And they sort of straw man Mick West. They, they claim that Mick West argues that the go fast video is really just of a bird and jeremy corbell says well the object in the video is colder than the ocean you can see this so it cannot be a bird but midwest does not say that it is a bird what he says is that it could easily be a weather balloon and in his video called go fast ufo video explained question mark talking about the go fast footage he gives some good reasons for why this could be the case. Using the information available in the video itself, he shows that the object, whatever it is, is 13,000 feet above the water, not right above the water, as some people have said. 
And despite the name of the video being Go Fast, not only is Sonic the Hedgehog not in it at all, but the object isn't even going that fast. It's only going 20 to 40 knots, which is wind speed at that altitude, or 23 to 46 miles per hour. He shows that this is the case using some pretty boring trigonometry, very lame and nerdy. And if you want to see the actual graph, you will have to look at his video, because this is a podcast, and thus there are no images, sadly. And he also shows that the object, whatever it is, is about six and a half feet across, based on how much of the field of view it takes up in the video. And as Jeremy Corbell points out, the object is cold, so it cannot be a jet or something, because there, there's no heat from fuel being burned. And there is no known plane, or drone or whatever, that can fly around for 11 hours without stopping to refuel somehow. So that rules out a jet or something like that. Jeremy Corbell is right. But do you know what's about 6 feet across, doesn't need fuel, and travels at about wind speed? A weather balloon. Weather balloons also carry radar reflectors, so it would show up on the video. In the Defense Department's form, uh, 1910, that allowed this video to be released, balloons are specifically mentioned. So Mick West is not the only one who thinks that it could be a balloon. It just looks like it's moving really fast, and that's why the video has gotten attention from UFO people but it's not actually going fast. McQuest even has footage in his video of a balloon just going over a town that also looks like it's going really fast. It looks like it's going as fast as a plane or something, but it's just the angle and distance at which it's being viewed. The best way I can think to explain this is that it is sort of the reverse of planes. When you look up at a plane, it looks like it's going really slowly across the sky, just sort of crawling along. But in reality, it's going 500 miles per hour. And if you were right next to it or something, you would realize this instantly, and it'd be really crazy, because you'd be a bird or something. It's just the distance and angle at which you're viewing it at. This can trick your brain into thinking things are going faster or slower. So looking down at this weather balloon changes how you perceive its speed, just like looking up at a plane changes how you perceive its speed. So the video seems really convincing. I can actually totally get how people look at this video and think, yeah, it's a totally UFO, because the video is pretty spooky. But when you look at the actual numbers, it's just not actually that convincing. That is where I will leave off for now, but there will be a part two covering this same episode. So I am not done with Alamaus yet. There are more Alamaus still to come, so stay tuned. <laughs>